Welcome to Lonely Town, a killer's podcast with Jimmy, Derek, and we always say a very special guest, and all of our guests are special, but we got a good one today. I'm very excited and very happy to have Commissioner, County Commissioner, Clint Painter here with us, Juab County Commissioner, I might add, so uh, if uh, you're thinking about skipping this episode or not sure what you're in for, you're going to want to turn it up and probably play it again. So Clint, thanks for coming in. Oh, you bet. It's kind of like old home week. I've, I've known you guys since you were little. <laughs> yeah, I have some pretty fond memories with Clint, and uh, almost like a, a second, like an older brother I never had. There you go. Just like, don't call me dad again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we might get to that story. We might not. But uh, there was a time in my life where I'd call Clint dad, and he wasn't too happy about it. But I was egged on by uh, other people who aren't here to defend themselves. So let's leave it at that for a minute. So, Clint, without you, this podcast would never exist. I don't know if you know that or not. I didn't know that. I can't believe that. I don't know how much detail I want to get into here, so I'll, I'll keep things a little little iffy. But when uh, Pressure Machine was coming out, um, there was some talk and speculation around town about different things that were happening. And uh, we were wondering why Nephi City wasn't doing something with the killers. And this I was doing my other podcast uh, with the... With, uh, with Adam, who's not here, but it's his building that we meet in. And he said, well, why isn't Clint on top of this or something? Why don't you ask Clint about this? I said, Clint's busy. He's got a job and he's working with the county. The county and the city sometimes are oil and water, you know, like even in a small town, county does the county stuff, city does the city stuff. And before I got all that out, he'd already texted you and said, what's going on with the killers? Why why isn't Nephi doing something? And you answered him, and, and we went back and forth. And at that point, I said, okay, before this album comes out, I need to get with Jimmy, because I knew Jimmy was the guy that we, I needed to do this with, because just it lines up, and he's got some some uh, ties with Brandon, golfed with Brandon, has good stories about that. And whenever the Killers records came out, me and Jimmy would talk about it. And so from there, I contacted Jimmy. I talked to Adam. I said, we need to do another podcast, and this is my plan for it. And here we are. Over a year into it. Fantastic. If you just said, uh, we don't want anything to do with the killers or whatever, you could have bursted the bubble really fast and this podcast would not exist. <laughs> well, Any regrets? <laughs> <laughs> well, being here, I might have a few, but no, not, not yet. <laughs> so you go back, long time uh, Nephi, born and raised. Born and raised in Nephi. Not a move in. Nope, nope. Been there my whole life. My family's been there generations. We'll, we'll come back to kind of earlier life, but what's your first uh, thought and when did you learn about the Killers and Brandon? Any interactions you might have had uh, with with the Flowers family and Nephi, anything like that early on? You know, actually, I didn't have any interactions with the Flowers family. I was I was gone um, by the time they moved in. I was away at college. I was working at my previous employer that I'd first heard one of their songs, you know, Soft a Hot Fuss. And... Um, I started listening to him and found out that it was my brother that had told me that he'd, you know, went to school there in Nephi, and I'm like, no way. And uh, so I started listening to him a lot more and started sharing with a lot of my friends up in, the, we're living in Salt Lake at the same time, and started listening to him a lot more and finding more more about him at that time. So I didn't, like I said, I didn't have any interactions prior to, to Hot Fuss coming out. And of course, I had to Google him and that was in the early days of Google, even. <laughs> and you could see him playing concerts all over the world. And I think, how's somebody from Nephi, you know, playing a sold-out stadium in London, 
And so it was always a big surprise to see that kind of thing happen. So you mentioned being in college and working in Salt Lake. You moved back to Nephi. How long were you gone and what, what made you go back? So I, I was gone. I went to college. And I, after I graduated from college, I moved to Salt Lake. And I lived out there for six years. And I was in a, I bought a condo. I was in this condo for a couple of years and I, and I was by myself, you know, and I realized one day, I'm like, you know what? I could be dead in this condo for two weeks before somebody had to start missing me. <laughs> and I, and I realized that, you know, what? I'm going to go back to Nephi. That's where family is. That's where I know people. And so I just decided it was time to, to return home to my roots. And so I moved back to Nephi and commuted for eight more years to Salt Lake you know, every day, and, and just, you know, it was, Nephi was always home, it was, it always drew me there, it was kind of funny, because even friends that, when I was living in Salt Lake, wanted to know, kind of when I was moving back, because they knew that when I was in college, or even in, when I was living in Salt Lake, that they knew that Nephi was home, and it always had my heart. So, that commute for eight years, how many miles was that round trip a day? It was 82 miles one way, from doorstep to doorstep. So it's about 100, and, or excuse me, an hour and 10 minutes in the morning, and depending on traffic at night, it was could be a lot more. But to you, it was worth it to live in Nephi and do that. It, it was, you know, I um, when I lived in Salt Lake, I mean, I was 10 miles from work, and it was 45 minutes of a commute home at night. And I mean, at least coming home after work to Nephi, I was moving most of the time, and so. Yeah, you know, as long as long as the wheels on the car are moving, you're, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I've tried to tell people I, I work about 40 miles uh, from where I live right now, and people will just say that's too far or whatever. And I always say, well, how long does it take you to get home? And by the time they go through stoplights and traffic or whatever, it's it's pretty close. I mean, it's a little further, but uh, uh, definitely devoted to Nephi to to do that kind of a trip. And there's people that do that daily still. I think we brought it up in uh, the getting by. And some of that when we're talking about people that wake up early, go to work. And, and with that song, like me and Jimmy touched on that. I want to go back to your college days. You were, uh, you were a, a DJ. I was. I was a DJ on the, on the college radio station and, for uh, a year. And that was like the start of uh, alternative music, so to say. It was a certain time when that was starting to become more of a popular thing, right? Yeah, I was I was um, college radio station, and I was there, and I was on the, the radio about 94, 95. So, you know, early days of Nirvana, and, uh, you know, as they were just getting big, some Pearl Jam, some of that music, as the, as the uh, top 40 was starting to die a little bit, and the, and the grunge was picking up, that's when I was a DJ. And it was, it was a lot of fun. I was DJ Dix, spinning the hits for you on Thunder 91. <laughs> so you even had, a, I didn't know you had a, a radio name. I did, yep. We all had radio names that just, so... I don't know why you did it. I think it was so people wouldn't know who you were on campus, but you always told everybody anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you got to tell the good parties, I'm sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you were uh, you were in a, a fraternity? I was. I was in Sigma Chi fraternity. And uh, with one of our other good friends, Artie Fufkin. Yes, yes. Artie and I were both in Sigma Chi at the same time. Who we've had uh, good conversations with, and uh, we're trying to get to come on the show, but that's, uh, that's a work in progress. Oh, uh, do you know who else was at Sigma Chi? was uh, Mayor Justin Seeley. Really? Yeah, he was. He was right after me. Oh. So you were there about the same time? He was, no, he, I was gone by the time he got there. Okay. And I know we've had Justin on the show, that's why I brought him up. Yeah. So, regarding music, I wanted to bring up, I don't know if you're going to call talk about this, Derek, but 
it's well known that Brandon Flowers, one of his major influence on uh, music taste growing up was his older brother. And our friend Mike Painter, who's your brother, who's our age, he was one of the major influences on the kind of music that I like. And I am sure that you had a major influence on him. So I like to think that a lot of the, in- the music I like is because you liked it first. <laughs> so can you just talk about some of the... Some of the music that you think has you liked first that you helped Mike influence Mike to like. I uh, I'm pretty certain I'm gonna burst your bubble on that one. <laughs> <laughs> really? Mike and I don't like a lot of the same music. Really? Okay. <laughs> he, um, you know, he his music was a lot harder than mine and his well, Mike likes years. everything, so But I, I I like everything as well. Yeah. I, I did introduce him, I believe, to Jimmy Buffett, both to both Mike and Derek. <laughs> to Jim, to Jimmy Buffett. Story. Um and you know, I, I actually I grew up in the eighties. That was my music genre, and so I was a lot of the, the hair bands, a lot of Poison and Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi my, being my first concert ever. Um, you know the dances that you go to. A lot of a lot of the Cars was played. Um, it's Moingo Boingo, and you know just a lot of even New Order and Erasure. Some of those fun some of those fun bands like that were just you know Depeche Mode, and of course like I said I a lot of the pop stuff. I mean. The king of pop, MJ. It's hard to beat him when you're when you're growing up in the '80s. It was hard to get away from him, but Mike does like him. So, yeah, I had down here. So, I I'd been to a couple concerts with like my parents and stuff first. Uh, I took our dads up to CCR and a few things, but Clint was the first one that was brave enough to take me and, and a bunch of the younger kids that were uh, friends with his brother. We went to Aerosmith. We saw Aerosmith. We saw Aerosmith and. Uh, you was that yeah. with the Afghan wigs? That, that was with the Afghan, Afghan wigs. wigs, yeah. <laughs> I heard all the stories. <laughs> and uh, and you brought up Erasure. Uh, I remember listening to Erasure from, like, I heard, like, New Order, Erasure, all that kind of music from driving around with you going to these places. And uh, Boy was just released, um, as we were recording this a couple weeks ago. And a lot of people claim that uh, that sounds like a lot of uh, an Erasure track to it or Erasure sound to that song. Um, and like Jimmy said, Brandon pretty much got that from his brother. So I don't know, just, just connecting the dots when I heard that, I thought, oh, that's Clint. I know Erasure because, because of Clint. Right. So, uh, some of those earlier, uh, new wave type bands and like, I don't know, there's a lot of good music in the eighties going around. There was, you know, and that, that earlier, that, you know, the new wave type music was, was popular and I think it did influence a lot of my generation and we we tried to pass it on as much as we could to to, to, to our to our uh, younger siblings and 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 i'm certain that the brandon probably did have some of that i i wouldn't know i haven't talked to brandon ever <laughs> not that i haven't tried <laughs> so growing up in nephi I, I think this is cool to talk about or it's fun to talk about because it helps give a sense for what nephi's like and what it was like when we were growing up where are some of the things you did uh for jobs growing up oh well, so my first job actually was, um, I worked at a video store, you know, if we all remember what videos are, and this, this was back in the day of VHS, be kind, please be kind, rewind. Um, started my first job when I was 14. My second job, I worked at a pizza place, it's called Little Italy Pizza. What was the video place? Total Video. So um, Little Italy was, when I first started, was where the iStore is now, and then it moved out to where the Chinese restaurant is now, and so... I was out there for most of the time, and then the owner of it, when I was on my mission, I think he sold out, and or just sold the videos and everything, and just kind of 
it went away at that point because it was gone by the time I'd gotten home. Huh. Which was kind of a sad day for me when I came back and it wasn't there, you know. Everything you've been dreaming about was just gone when you came home? <laughs> you know, you, you, you kind of crave that pizza. <laughs> you get used to it and you kind of crave it. And you thought, when I get home, I'm going to have a slice and uh, not not so fast, huh? Yeah, it's all gone. So, uh, what was it like growing up in Nephi when you were growing up there? You know, I, I was thinking about this today and I, I really have to say that it was an idyllic childhood. You know, we grew up on this... Um, this little neighborhood and there was all boys in this neighborhood you know I mean there was a couple different girls but it was a whole bunch of boys that just kind of hung out together there was about eight or ten of us that would always get together and do things um, from riding dirt bikes or you know little BMX bikes and to skateboarding to just hanging out night games uh, we didn't call them night games we just that was a later term, I think. <laughs> we just um, we did a lot of, you know, hide and seek, kick the can, um, doorbell ditching. We've got good stories of doorbell ditching that you know might not be legal, so we won't talk about <laughs> those on air. But you know, there was it was just a lot of fun. It was during the summer. It was just there was like a magic hour of ten o'clock. I think was the time that was you were released from your house from doing chores that you could go hang out with friends, and we'd just hang out all day. We'd sleep over spend the nights at everyone's house. We kind of moved from house to house and just would sleep over with everybody and just big groups. And it was always just kind of fun. I think during the days we'd go swimming at the pool. Friday nights we'd go to the movie and just, it was just a good time to be, to be growing up. And I think I was thinking about, it, you know, I, I, like I said, I've lived an idyllic life. It was just a great childhood, great friends. I still look back and some of those people that I grew up with are still my best friends. I think of the, the great memories we had. And I, I, I've listened again and again to, to the you know, pressure machine. And I think, you know, Brandon had a completely different childhood growing up there than I did. You know, he didn't have the, the tight-knit group of friends that, that I had. And so he probably didn't have the same experiences and the same happiness that I did growing up there. Yeah, for sure. I uh, When Pressure Machine was coming out, like I said, we were bugging you via the text, and I was bugging Jimmy trying to get this to happen, a podcast, and the town was kind of, uh, the rumor came out and people were just kind of talking a little bit about it, but I think a lot of people were internally thinking, what's this going to be? Uh, when the lyrics came out, I first saw the lyrics, uh, I, was, I was sending them over to probably both of you, but... To Clint for sure, and saying what what in the world is this? What do you think about this? You know, and uh, I mean, because we were dealing with uh, a homosexual kid that was contemplating suicide. We had the train wreck. We had um, just some more darker themes than what killers had covered or, or usually sing about. Police murdering a guy. And police yeah. murdering a guy. I mean, <clears throat> all this kind of stuff was coming out. So I, I kind of was like, what What do you think about this? And uh, I, I don't know. I just I you're you're my go-to almost Jewab guy, I guess, for some reason. So, uh, and you're you're kind enough to to text back with me and uh, alleviate some fears, I think. But um, I don't know when you first saw and, and read some of that stuff. What what was going through your mind? What was uh, what was some of the thoughts? And since you've heard it, how has that changed? You know, initially I was worried about it just because you know you'd heard that I'd heard before that Brandon didn't have the the best childhood growing up and he was eager to get out but I think we all have that time in our life when we want to get out for a while and you know they, not everyone gets drawn back like like me <laughs> but I I think that I was a little bit worried 
you know, how's it going to be portrayed? Is it going to be negative? But I think he's done a fairly accurate job of describing what it was like in a small town. You know, every town has darkness. Every town has light. I think it's just, you just need to see it. You know, I, I, my brother, my youngest brother is a, a deputy with the, with the sheriff's department. And we, we've, we've had numerous conversations about the, the criminal aspect in Jeweb County, I guess. And we've talked about it in Jeweb County, Nephi City has the same kind of uh, criminal activity as bigger cities. It's just on a smaller scale, meaning it's just fewer amounts of it. Just because we have a smaller population doesn't mean that we don't have some of these um, larger or some of the same of the same crimes and some of the same fears that everyone else has. It's just it's just not as widely popular, widely published, I guess, is the what it is. But I think you know they've done a great job of portraying it. You know, you when the album first came out, I had friends that were listening to it all over. I, I mean, I had a, this friend that's like, "This song is my theme song. It could be about my life." And, <laughs> and you know, and, and there are songs on there that that really do talk about what it's like growing up. I mean, just aspects about growing up in a small town, and you know, and there are people that, as you mentioned, the homosexuality. There are people that are afraid to to be open about it, and I think it's more. I think it's a lot because you don't know what your neighbor is going to say, or the, the other guys at school are going to say about it. I think though, you know, in, in in Nephi, in, uh, in general, or Jeweb in general, Utah, we're very, even despite the predominant religion, we're actually very accepting of it. At least, for the most part, adults are. Because they know that the person needs to be loved and accepted for, you know, for whatever they are, whoever they are. But so I think, for the most part, we're accepting of whatever might be. We just, I think that people are, have those fears. So is uh, the album coming out reconnected you with anybody that you might have lost touch with over time. No, it really hasn't. It's kind of funny. I, I you know, I thought maybe a couple friends would reach out to me that I, had, you know, hadn't hadn't talked to. Um, I, I have had a couple of friends from college or even from my, my previous employer that reached out and said, "Hey, this album's about Nephi," and we just kind of chat about it. It's not like we we meshed and yeah. said, "Hey, let's do lunch," and we got back <laughs> together and stuff. We still just kind of text or Facebook chat each other, and but we haven't. It's not really done a lot of connecting that way other than just kind of hey this is kind of cool or is this this is what it's really like in me i'm like yeah it's, it's like it's what it is what's some of your favorite uh traditions that happen around nephi you know i think we're very steeped in our traditions uh you know one of the things that they've started doing recently as you mentioned the fire truck was they put the flag across track street you know on the fourth of july and that to me that's just one of those things that's just iconic this giant flag that takes them 15 minutes to to, to roll up, you know, after it's when after it's the Fourth of July is over, and and so there's that, and you know the the, the carnival at the park. Uh, all summer long for me is just one of those things. It's just you know you move from the Fourth of July to the stampede, and of course we have the we just finished up with the fair last week, and the fair's become my favorite activity of the of the summer just because where I've been in, so involved with it, and I think it's become big you know when I when I was smaller and younger and when you guys were younger it was one of those things it was very much just the farmers kind of thing were involved in it and you know if you knew how to can you would you know put some canning stuff in it or if you were a good artist you'd put your pictures in it and maybe some of the little kids would put things in it but that was really all it was when I was younger and I think as we've gone 
you know, more and more for the last several years, it's gotten bigger. We start we start the, sh the week with a concert and we end it with the, the derby and there's just a whole week's worth of activities in between. So I think that's become my favorite tradition over the last several years has been the fair. And it, the derby is huge. It's huge, you know, and I know that, you know, that we, we were voted number one derby in the world in 2018. We've been number one in the state. We've been number two in the state. They do a... Um, they do an actual online vote. Uh, the State of Destruction, I believe, is what it's called that does it, and they just kind of send it out to people that are involved in, in the derby world and get to vote on it. And, and they have a whole, whole bunch of different categories, and the one year that we got it, we were, we were so excited because that was, that was our goal, literally, for that year was to be number one derby, and we were. And so it was kind of fun to see a goal completed. Along with the concerts that have been implemented as part of the county fair, I'm guessing you've been able to meet some of the, the artists who have come. I was going to ask you, because I knew you worked at Franklin Covey, if you ever met Stephen Covey, but I thought, rather than do that, knowing that, about these concerts and everything, I thought I'd rather just ask you about some of the famous people you've met. Because I think that we might get some good stories from that. Have you met Stephen Covey? I've met Stephen Covey um, just a couple times, and I met Hiram Smith, who was the original founder of Franklin yeah. Quest, when I because I started at Franklin Quest, and then they merged with Covey Leadership Center when I was there, and I met Stephen, and I actually worked with his son David, and I met Sean, the one who played the football, football at BYU, <laughs> you know, um, and but so I, I've met all of them, and you know, as far as politicians go, I've met all of our senators right now, or whether or not you know we, we consider them famous or not. You know, we, we, we've got one that's on a famous stage because he ran for president. Infamous and famous. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then as far as concerts go, we've, we've had five concerts since we, we started them. They've all been country concerts. And, you know, we, we, we've had Restless Heart, Lone Star, Ned Ledoux, um, Clint Black, Little Texas. And this year we had Rodney Atkins. And, and Rodney was awesome. And, you know, he was traveling with his, or touring with his son. And he had his four-year-old son that was with him, and I was talking to him after the concert, and I just told him, I said, you know, I said, I think it was ama it's amazing that you're that you're touring with your son, and you know, because we, we've not had anybody that's toured with their family yet, and but most of them have all been older, and all their kids are, are grown, and and he told me, he says, well, he says this is going to probably be my last one with him. We're going to go home, and then I'm going to switch, and I'm going to take my other son back out. His other son was is younger, wow. and so I, you know, I just think that's you know admirable that he's. Wanting to be dad as well. Um, I mean, Lone Star was a blast. They were just so much fun. They were kind of wanting to roam around town and kind of see things around town, and they were they were fun to to see and to visit with. You hear these horror stories about how they, what you know, their green room needs to be stocked with all green M and M's or all you know, <laughs> yeah, the writers and, and yeah. yeah, and but we've really not had anyone that's been bad. And so it's it's been we've we've been really lucky with with the bands that we've met so far, and it's it's been a good experience. So what's the process? Because like you said, that's been all country um, so far. What's the process like on uh, trying to find an artist and picking an artist, and how does how does that all that happen? Well, you know, it's kind of been a growing and learning experience to figure this out. Um, we first started, we we kind of were just dealing with it agents. To, to figure out how we would do it, we would go through and, you know, a group of us would mean, okay, we'd make a list of who we wanted to come in as a concert, and then we'd say, this is what our budget is, and then we would go to the uh, to the agent and say, okay, who do you have that's going to be a, that's available for these dates in this budget range? 
and they would all come back with, you know, they'd give us a list of 10 or 15 artists that were available on our date range and of the amount, and we'd try to go through and pick them out, and it's honestly, I swear every time we had somebody that we found that we wanted for the date and the time and the amount, they were like, oh, well, they're already booked now, you know, and so it was, it was last year, um, we, our, our fair event coordinator is Jamie Garrett, and and uh, she she had went she was ended up talking to one of the agents that we've been working with, and they he told her about this website that that you go to that, that you can actually look at the artist and see who's routing through a specific area, like if you can see an artist that's going to be on the west coast, or you know somewhere nearby, then you can then they're already going to be in the area, so it'll be easier to get them to stop in to Nephi, and that's how we got our artist last year. Um, they were they were coming through and they're like oh that'll be a good one because they're already gonna you know Clint Black was already gonna be nearby mm-hmm. and so it was easy enough to get him to just make a quick stop in Nephi for a concert because he was we already knew he was gonna be nearby and so it's been it's been a lo- learning and growing experience to to find a to kind of get somebody there to, to figure out all the the fine details. I might need that website just for curiosity's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I might not be able to give that to you. (laughs) (laughs) So people are going to kill me if I don't ask. You can not answer any of this if you don't want to. We can cut it out if you want to. But there's rumor and innuendo about a killer's concert or trying to get a killer's concert or will we get a killer's concert? Is there anything to that? Will there be anything to that? Or how much would you like to share of any of that? So that's been the most asked question about us if we're ever going to have them in a concert. And the answer is, I would love to have them in concert. That's honestly, truthfully, before I'm done as a commissioner, I'd love to see them in concert in Jeff County. Um, you know, I think Brandon is just, uh, you know, it's he's just one of those local boys done good, and you'd like to be able to see him back here and, and see something from him. You know, we've we've tried for the better part of a year and a half. We tried to get him here, um, and they were nothing but professional the entire time. You know, like I said, it's been a learning and growing experience for us. And we had their team, we did a late night phone call for us, or a Zoom call, and Zoom was just new, you know. <laughs> we did a late night Zoom call with them. We had them, they were in Australia, we had one in Australia, one in London, you know, and Jamie and I were here in Juab County, and and we were trying to figure out all the details, and we had somebody that would come in, and they'd look through our, our arena to figure out how many people we could, could seat completely in there to see how many tickets we needed to sell and to, you know, to see what it would be like and see how they could set up their stage. And and we actually thought that that we were going to have them in concert in 2021. And I think they were shooting for that and we were shooting for that. But the problem was is it wasn't a... They were trying to get this new album out. They were trying to record this documentary that they were doing and they were trying to pre, um, prepare a new stage show. And... It just was too much all at one time for them to get a new to get a concert put together all at the same time, and and they their manager called me. It was Memorial Day weekend in 2021. Says we just can't do it, and so I mean it was it was heartbreaking to me because we thought we were on the right track for it, you know, because this is in the end of May. We were we thought that we were going to be able to announce soon because our show is always in the first weekend in August, right around there. And so it was just kind of really disappointing to have that happen. But like I said, and, and he told me, and their, their manager, like I said, was nothing but professional. He says, Clint, he says, we just don't want to come there and not put on a great show. 
And to me, that's what you want. If they're not going to be able to come put on the best show that they can put on, you don't want that. And so I completely respected that professionalism and that and everything from them to, to be able to be up front and say, you know, we're not going to be able to give you a good show. And we didn't, like I said, it would have just been too hard to be able to go through and do that. But they were awesome to work with. I'd been trying to get a hold of them for a long time. My, my niece, my oldest niece's best friend is married to Brandon's nephew. And so we had tried to, to hook up, get through, get some contacts through them. And, and um, finally, I just, <clears throat> I might have just called his dad. <laughs> <laughs> and and that, was, that was honestly when negotiations, and we started talking about it. They just, you know, they, his manager had started calling me, and we started talking about it from then. And, and we were working on it through this year. And, but they've got that show that's next week. Next Tuesday. week, yeah. Yeah. And so it just it was too close to, I mean, to have us at the beginning of the month and have that at the end of the month is just too much of a show and, and two shows in Utah. You know, as much as we wanted to have that, I mean, how perfect would that have been to have a show in Nephi, Utah, right on the heels of Pressure Machine coming out and just, I mean, have everyone come to Nephi and, and Jeweb County just, just to have everyone see it. I mean, to me, like I said, that's still my goal. I'd still love to see it because I think they're an incredible talent. And I just love listening to their music, and but hopefully, fingers crossed. So we're saying there's a chance. Saying that I'm hoping. hoping. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when they assessed the the arena and the stage, how what was the setup? Uh, how how did they configure that? I'm I'm just kind of curious about nerdy stuff like that, I guess. So what we would have done is, you know, you the arena's an oval, and on the east side where the shoots are at, we would have put the stage right up next to the shoots. And we would have put, we would have brought in seats for the floor, probably about 3,000 seats for the floor. And then we would have sold every seat in the house. Um, and they would have, they had, when we talked to them, they were, they were going to bring in the, the cubes, the, you know, the, the broadcasting cubes, so the people sitting behind them could still see the front of the arena, even on the cubes, or the front of the show. So even, even if you had been right behind the stage, you still could have seen the the, uh, the beads of perspiration on Brandon's forehead. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, when you call his dad, how's that conversation go? <laughs> um, Mr. Flowers, this is uh, Clint Painter. I'm a county commissioner in Jeb County. Would like to have your son do a concert in Nephi. <laughs> and um, he was actually very excited about. It. They they he said that he knows that Brandon would like to do a show. At least he said he thought that Brandon would like to do a show. And if I had let, he would have liked to have come back and done one. And so, you know, like I said, we want one. He wants one. Hopefully we can get it done one day. It will line up someday. I, I have faith in that. So <laughs> we hope all the stars will align. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more worried about how, how I'm going to get a ticket to it than I am about whether it's ever going to happen. Because I just can imagine how many people from Vegas and Salt Lake and anywhere... Uh, close by and maybe even far away would want to be there for that show now that everyone knows so much about Nephi from the album and the new song Boy that continues with that you know some of the themes of growing up and uh, some of the hard parts and and good parts about uh, Brandon's childhood and the time he spent in Nephi I'm hoping I can get a ticket let's <laughs> be honest <laughs> no it, you know I that was kind of our our thought was you know it really would bring in people from all over the world. When I talked to their manager, he really truly thought that there would be people flying in from, as Derek said in the past, across the pond, <laughs> you know, to, to come to this show just because it was 
where Brandon grew up and and now where the album's out, you know, where they talk about so much in, in Pressure Machine. Well, I have I have no doubt about that. There's there's people that flew uh, when they did the Samstown uh, with the Samstown al- album or thereabouts. They did the shows down in Vegas at the casino in Samstown and people came from, from all around. So I have no doubt that Nephi would be uh, very busy that week. I'm sure they would. And so if people were to come to Nephi, here's a segue. If people were to come to Nephi, you're kind of the Juab County expert. Uh, we've heard a lot of things around Nephi people should do, and I, I'd like to hear your opinions of that. But what are some things around Juab County uh, that people should go and visit if they're in the area that you think would be worthwhile? You know, there's a there's a variety of things. Uh, let me tell you, let me back up a little bit. Growing up, I thought Juab County was the most boring county in the world with the worst history. I mean, I thought nothing ever happened here. And it wasn't until I was growing up and uh, had grown up and started researching more about Job County that I realized that what a fun history we have. Like the treaty for the Walker War, which you know people outside of Utah probably don't know, and I apologize for making that reference. But it was signed in out out south of Levan, you know. And so, you know, I've I've been out there and, and you know filmed where it was at just to, to for people to see, and and it's you know so it's kind of fun to see these different places. Burston's Pond. People love to go to Burston's and 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 go on the rope swing, um, Nebel Loop. Especially now this time of year, it's getting to be fall. It's going to be a great a great look for the the, the fall leaves. I love the sand dunes. You know, it's getting to be so it's going to be slower now. The, you know, it's it starts getting really busy around Easter time and slows down after Labor Day. So if you come in after Labor Day might be a little bit even slower maybe you can ride one of your four-wheelers or your side-by-side in the, in the snow instead of in the sand out of the sand dunes <laughs> just be safe <laughs> you know so, but there there's oh and one of the fun things in Jeff County is Topaz Mountain and you can go out there and and you can actually pay and have them do a small little blast and you can actually dig for Topaz and it's it's fun they do it they'll they'll cater to all ages for you and so I mean that's one of those fun things that's just Kind of unique to, to Jeb County. There's there's the uh, the hot springs out there, which they've cleaned up. <laughs> I you know, um, and that's it's kind of fun out there. I I've I haven't mentioned, but uh, Shannon Mimmett, Jeb County's travel and tourism director, and I have used to, do, to have done this uh, road tripping with Clinton Shannon. And we've we've gone out to the hot springs and we sat in them, and we actually met a bunch of people, a bunch of students from up the road to BYU. And they came down. We visited with them, and and it was kind of fun to just to sit down and meet with people and, and chat with people that you you've never known before, and just they've come to see something that's different for them. And but there's a lot of diff- just fun different places in Jeff County that you can go to. I mean, you just kind of do a little Google search and find fun things to to see around Jeff County, and it, it's kind of fun. One of those things that that's really interesting, I think that people would find interesting. It's not a, an attraction to go to, but it's one of those things to kind of do. It's walk down Main Street and just kind of go in the local shops and visit with the owners. You know, I mean, they're just, it's just kind of fun to sit and visit the owners, that, the people that have been there forever, and they can tell you stories about Nephi, you know, and just, just growing up here and just kind of the, some of the fun things that happen around. I'm convinced that's what the uh, interstitials, uh, the NPR guy that came down and, and, and went, I think that's what he did. Because uh, as you hear the voices, and you kind of put faces to the voices, most of those people are on Main Street. 
Uh, and that's, I, you know, as I was mentioning that, I was thinking about that because I know a couple of the voices that I thought of, I'm like, oh, yeah, they're right on Main Street. So, yeah, you're probably right. So if they come down and visit, walk Main Street, they'll see some of the same people. And you have to ask everyone if they were on the album or not, though. That's <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a couple of them, if you just talk to them, you'll, it's very unique voices you'll be able to tell. So we kind of jumped all over the place, and we started off with Hot Fuss, and we went to Pressure Machine, but we didn't cover anything in between. Were you a, a Killers fan throughout? Have you jumped in and out? Are you a Killers fan? I'm a Killers fan. I Like I said, I, I, I loved Hot Fuss. I like Pressure Machine. Um, Imploding the Mirage was a really good album. I mean, that's one of those that I can just kind of sit back and just let it play. Um, I like it. Um, Sam's Town. Some of those, some of those songs I just, you just turn them on and you just sit there and let them play and, you know, you can kind of channel along with them. I'm not a, you know, I just blanked out of the house. You know, I've got soul, but I'm not a soldier. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so have you, uh, have you ever seen a Killers concert? I have never been to a Killers concert, which is, I, you know, it's kind of funny because I used to go to concerts, you know, as you know, and it's just been one of those things that I haven't done as much as I used to, and unless it's one that I go to with my family or, you know, the, the current girl that I'm dating. <laughs> I'd love to hear some of the concerts you've been to. I, it's always fun to hear. So, you know, outside of Aerosmith and the Afghan Wigs. <laughs> um, Don't forget them. I, I, I've yeah. been to Kiss. Um, bon Jovi, um, ZZ Top four times, um, Neil Diamond three times, Elton John and Billy Joel together. Uh, don't talk to Mike about that. It's bitter for him. <laughs> he couldn't go. Uh, like all the country ones that we've had at the, you know, like at the county fair, Reba is just a fantastic show. She was with Brooks and Dunn. I went and saw her last, last December down in Vegas. She's come up on the podcast before. Oh, has she really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I brought up, well, there's part of the Quiet Town music video where uh, the animated Brandon comes back to comes back to town and walks up to this house, and I talked about how it reminds me of Fancy Don't Let Me Down, oh. <laughs> where she comes back to town and there's oh, a sign yeah. that says, this is the home, childhood home of Fancy whatever. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I told Derek to cut it, but he didn't. He thought it was funny, so we kept it. Well, I went on to... Uh, Remind Jimmy of what Fancy uh, was all about. <laughs> and, <laughs> a little, little bit different, different there. Why they left town. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brandon left on, on different reasons than Fancy. Just a little bit. Just a little bit different reasons. Uh, what, what's, been, uh, what's been your favorite concert? That's kind of a tough one. I, I've loved ZZ Top, you know, because I've, I've always gone to them with my family. Um, Duran Duran was a blast. You know, I saw them up at Wolf Mountain. That dates me. Calling it Wolf Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all of the opening act was horrible, but they they were fantastic. Um, bon Jovi, my first concert, you know how can you beat that one? Um, but as far as just absolute good music, Elton John and Billy Joel was fantastic. They were so good, and you know especially as they played each other's songs, and that was that was a blast. And Brandon Flowers, friend of uh, of Elton John. Oh, it's true story there, yeah. You said earlier that uh, we asked you if you've ever had any interactions with Brandon, and you said uh, no, but that you have tried. Is there any stories there on, uh, was that just the concert? It was just the concert, the concert? you know, okay. calling his dad. I didn't know if you were stalking him around town or uh, well, anything like that. <laughs> no, I haven't really stalked him, although it was right after Hot Fuss came out. He was in town one night, at least I, I'm pretty, I'm 99.9% .9 certain it was him. I was in, in the grocery store, 
and um, he was he was there, and I'm like, hey, I'm pretty certain that's Brandon, and that he was, you know, hat pulled down, glasses on, kind of thing, and I'm, yeah, I think he was just trying to get through the the store as quickly as he could without being seen, but, and uh, you know, I think honestly, I think that he probably could come to town, and after you know a little bit of fanfare, I think he probably could live a relatively decent life without being having too many people badgering him. But I, you know, because I think people realize, hey, that's Brandon. He grew up here. So, were you aware of any of the stuff that was being filmed around Nephi last last summer? I knew. I knew they were coming. They told us they were going to come. I didn't know what they were filming. I just knew they were coming. You know, it was it was kind of fun when they had Eureka. They had some of the Main Street Eureka on there because, you know, that's not one of the most popular parts in in Joe County, but it's fun. Eureka is actually that's another good spot you could go to see Main Street and Eureka. And, and uh, head out that way. Go to the cemetery. Say, I survived the haunting of Eureka Cemetery. I'm going to start selling those t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Only on Tinic days, though. You'd have to have a crowd. Well, that was just last week. You were so in the parade. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I'll keep up on you. <laughs> <laughs> Are you stalking me a little bit? A little bit. <laughs> it's not hard when I put everything on Facebook, right? Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to ask about your current job. I want to know what it is. I know a little bit about it, but is it the product come from Juab County? I don't even know. Oh, I thought you were asking to ask me about being a county commissioner. Oh, that's next. <laughs> <laughs> no, I so I'm, I'm the controller, so I'm the accountant for Azemite Mineral Products, and our mine um, is just out by Yuba. We're just barely into the San Pete County side out there. But so the mine actually is in San Pete County, but we do everything else in Juab County. What it is, it's, uh, it's, an, it's a basic, it, it's a volcanic ash. And we just we mine it, and we bring it in, and we, we size it. We have crushers, uh, jaw crusher, and a Raymond Mill crusher, and we just size them down to a, an eighth inch minus and a 200 mesh, and we sell them for a feed additive and a soil amendment. Hmm. And our soil amendment, we also do we have it. We put a tree sugar on it, so it, we can go through a broadcast spreader, so it's a granule. Wow. So, and we sell it all over the world, literally. I think we send to Asia, um, South America, um, Pakistan. Is it a unique mine? Um, it is. We have in the world. Yeah, we have over seventy minerals and trace elements. Um, we've been assayed for that, and we've, there's others that have been tested to see if they're as similar as ours. But we, no one has quite as many minerals and, uh, and elements as we do. Hmm. So yeah, then my next question was, how did you get into politics? Well, you know, it's it's been one of those things that's been um, kind of instilled in me. Growing up, when I was little, my dad was the county sheriff, and I remember campaigning with him, going door to door and campaigning with him. And it was one of those things that I just always admired about my dad and enjoyed. And I, I tried it throughout high school and college, running for office, and never once won an, an election. And um, I ran for student body president down at SUU when I was down there, and and lost by two votes in the in the primary, so missed missed making it to the general election by two votes, and and um, and then I um, decided I was going to try one more time for county commissioner after I'd, after I'd come back. It was one of those things I just like you know I I wanted to be involved. I'd been um, I'd been the vice president and president of the chamber of commerce in Nephi, and then decided that I wanted to to try doing something different. And Dad had been uh, on the city council. And so I'm like, yeah, let's try something new. And, and uh, when I ran, it was the first election I'd ever won. 
So it was kind of fun, <laughs> you know. So I've been there two terms now and just in the process of a third um, election now. So what is, what is it about what you do there that keeps you or makes you want to stay? You know, 95% um, of it's the people. We have incredible people in Jeff County, um, and you just want to serve them. I really enjoy serving Jeff County, and I enjoy being involved and doing things that hopefully benefit those people around me. You know, you want to make where you live a better place, and that's one of those things that just makes me want to stay there and keep doing it, is to try and make it a better place. I mean, I'm not married, I don't have any kids, but I've got friends and I've got nieces and nephews that I want to make it a better place for them when, you know, 20 years down the road when they're grown up and have families that they want to stay there. What's one of the biggest misconceptions people have about what the county does? <laughs> or what they don't do? Oh, well, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. They, they think that the county's the big brother to the city, meaning that they think that we can tell the city what to do, which we can't because they're a completely <laughs> separate political subdivision of the, of the state. And so we, we really can't tell them what to do. I, you know, I can't go to the mayor, Mayor Seely, and say, hey, you need to do this. Um, even though I'm in county and they think the county's bigger in the city, they, they can't do it. I had somebody that came to me with the previous mayor of a diff different town and said, you need to tell the mayor to do this. And I'm like, yeah, I can't do that. You know, we can have a chat with him and, you know, maybe mentor him, but telling him what to do is one of those things that I can't do. You could try. I could try. But it's probably not going to go over so well. Huh? Yeah. So if uh, people want to find you, follow you, stalk you like I do, uh, <laughs> where's the best place for them to go? or what? what are first, some? do you want more stalkers? First, <laughs> first off, do you want people to follow you or find you? And second off, if you do, uh, where are some places they can catch you at? So my two most predominant places, I'm on, I'm on Facebook. And I'm just Clinton Painter on Facebook. And all my posts are public. And so you can find me there. And then I'm also on the Instagram, and I'm at, at CLPain, and that's S-E-E-E-L-P-A-I-N. And so that's, that's where you can pretty much find me. You can also look, at me, look me up on the Jeff County website. My information's on there as well. If people are walking up and down Main Street, they need to find Clint and have a conversation. There you go. You can do that. One of those things I was, about Jeff County, one of those things I just really love about it is, and it kind of goes back to the, to the, the song Quiet Town. And right after the accident, he's talking about the good hearts of the people. You know, Jeb County, I've said it a hundred times, but no one comes together like Jeb. You know, if any kind, anytime there's a tragedy or something bad that happens, or even just anytime anything happens, people really come together to help each other out and are just there for one another. And I think that's one of those things that, that is that's special about a small town. And you know, you, it gets a little bad rap about, you know, you, everyone knows everyone's other's business, but I think that's also one of the blessings about being a small town is people care about each other and take care of each other. And to me, that's just one of those unique qualities that I, that I love and admire about it. So Pressure Machine is a lot about, I, we asked Mayor Seeley about this, and curious your perspective. Uh, pressure Machine is a, spends a lot of time talking about what Brandon termed as misfits or people who didn't quite fit in. You know, we've talked a lot about move-ins and how some people feel like they're treated differently. What would you recommend to someone who might move to Juab County and has a hard time feeling like they're fitting in or doesn't know how to how to become integrated with the community and, and blend in? Well, I don't know if blend in is the right word, but... <laughs> fit in. Yeah. To fit yeah, fit in, in, yeah. You know, I, I've, um, I, I told you I, I kind of had an idyllic childhood growing up because I had a 
great group of friends that I grew up with, but like in schools, I never really fit in. I was the chunky short kid, you know? And so I, you know, I never, I never felt like I fit in growing up. You know, I mean, I always had friends here or there, it felt like, but it never, like I didn't ever go into, I didn't ever, wasn't with the jocks. I wasn't always with the, the drama or with the, you know, with the whatever. I, I wasn't with any one particular group. I just kind of floated. So, but I, I do, so I think I can answer that, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And, and I, and for me, um, I think you, the, one of the pieces of advice I always give people is you get out of anything, whatever you put into it. And so if you want friends or you want to be involved or you want to feel like you're a part of something, be involved. It's kind of you, it's not easy, but putting yourself out there is one of those things that you've got to do. You know, when I was in college, that's when I decided I was going to start being more me and that's when I became a DJ on the college radio station you know that first day that you be, became a DJ it's like scarier than heck because you think that everyone else has been a DJ for a hundred years um, and so you're like I'm brand new at this or no matter what it is you know you go out for the track team or you want to be in the band you know you're brand new at something and it's you, th you think how hard it is but everyone else is, has the same scariness they're, they're scared and they're intimidated as well and so it's just but if you want you want to feel welcome or feel part of it you need to start putting something into it yourself do you have a favorite killer song yeah <laughs> mr brightside actually which you know it's kind of funny i think it's because that was probably the very first song that i really got into and you know that, that whole first album, the Hot Fuss album, I listened to front and back, and so there was a lot of songs that I'd listen to, and I'm like, is he swearing in that song, you know? That's <laughs> <laughs> kids from Nephi, he shouldn't be talking like that. But there was, you know, that was the that was the very the, the very first one that, you know, had the hook that caught me and just kind of, so I think that's the one that, that really, that I really like. And then, you know, on the, on the new album, Getting By Two is my favorite on it, because it's just, I think it's got a, it's, I love the the whole new album because you can kind of sit and listen to it. But that one is the where it's on the extended deluxe version. You know, you can listen to that one. It's just a little bit more upbeat and it's got a little bit more pep to it. And it's like, okay, it's not quite as depressing, <laughs> you know, or sad. But but it's it's I think it's a kind of a fun song. There's there's a lot of them that you can just you know it, I've I've got him on my on my Amazon that just sits there and it just spins through a whole bunch of different songs. And there's just so many of them that I like to, that I can listen to and just enjoy. Well, you're the reason I know all the words to uh, Cheeseburger in Paradise. As you should. <laughs> and uh, appreciate you coming and being on the show. Well, this is Clinton Painter, and that's another episode down from Lonely Town.